Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. We are starting a new Heaven to Earth series, a story of Christmas, and uh, I do know that Christmas can be an exciting time, but it can be a stressful time. It could also be a lonely time. It could be a season that's filled with so much emotion, so much distraction, but what we're doing as a church is really trying to help each one of us prepare our hearts to celebrate Christmas in a way that would be honoring to Jesus. Because the reality is Christmas is about Jesus. I I know sometimes we forget that, but that's why we celebrate. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. In this series, we are going to be talking about, today is really his promise, talking about the scriptures. There's many of them, but I'm just going to focus on one scripture that leads up to the prophetic voice of preparing us for the birth and arrival of Jesus. The next week we talk about his presence and what does that mean for us when he physically came to earth, his purpose, why did Jesus do this, why did God send Jesus to earth, and his provision, my word, he has so much for us. And then Christmas Eve, we're going to be talking about his party. Who likes a party? All right. So you party animals in the room, right now I'm going to give you a chance. Rise to your feet, the party animals. You know, you're the extrovert. You guys know who the party animals are. Really? Second service, all you guys are the party animals? All right. The rest of you guys, there we go. Thank you. Stand, keep standing, party animals. Are you sure this is it? There we go. Okay. I knew. All right. On the count of three, we're just going to go. Woo, woo. One, two, three. Woo, woo. One more time. One, two, three. Woo, woo. All right, party animals. Give it up to the party animals. So, so we're going to have a party. on. You can sit down. Thank you so much. We're going to have a party on Christmas Eve. And um, the reality is this. I really hope that you bring your friends to Christmas Eve this year that don't know Jesus. We're going to make sure we have a service that's designed for them. They're going to feel comfortable. We're going to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus, but we're really going to be talking about the party that happens when people come to the Lord, and and we're going to ask your friends to, to experience Jesus for the first time this year, and we're going to have a big party, and we're going to celebrate that. So that's, that's kind of where we're tracking in this series, Heaven to Earth. But today, we're going to be talking about His promise. I'm just going to pray for a moment, and then we'll get going. Father, I, I just thank you so much for what you've already done here this morning. Oh, it was just amazing being in your presence, singing to you, celebrating who you are, remembering all the, the incredible things that you've done for us how faithful you are to us, that you've delivered us from so much stuff of our past, given us such freedom. But Lord, sometimes we forget that that you love us so much that we get distracted by so many other things that take us away from your love, and then all of a sudden things start crumbling down on us again in fear, hopelessness. And so today, Lord, we just pray that our hearts would be opened up to hear your words. Father, that I would be your mouthpiece today, that the words that are spoken are not my own, Father, but that are birthed by your Spirit. 
and that everybody here today would feel encouraged and happy that they went to church today because they heard from you, not heard from Mark, not heard from our worship team, but they heard from you, Lord, and that encouraged their heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel, sorry, not Ezekiel, yes, Ezekiel chapter 34, Ezekiel chapter 34, I'm hoping you guys bring your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, please fill out one of those little cards in the back of the seat, and we'll make sure we get a Bible to you, because we have to live by this book, and if we don't have this book, how do we know how to live by? And this book is alive, it's breathing, we talked about this, it is, it feeds our soul, it gives us instruction, but it's alive, it's a, it's a living document that begins to speak to us, so... If you have your smartphone or if you have smart device, Ezekiel chapter 34. Have you ever been in a place where you feel kind of out of joint, out of out of sync? You feel a little bit a little hopeless, a little bit like what is the future gonna hold? A little unsure, maybe a little confused. I know for me, there have been times in my life I felt this way. And I wonder if there are some here today that also feel that way. That, that you kind of just need a little extra burst of some hope. And, and that's the way I was when I was 22. Freshly married, you'd think I'd be so hopeful for my future. But there was something inside of me that was just a little bit... You know, okay, I'm married. I've bought my first house at 22. I'm married. Isn't this what life should all be about? And I still felt this aching inside of just saying, man, I just don't know about my purpose. I just don't know if the direction of life is really the best direction I'm heading in. And you know my story. If you've been around Grace for a little while, that I was 22 and a friend of my brother's came over to my house. And I saw the incredible change in my brother's life for good because of this, this man, and, and he came to my house, and he began to share things with me and, and speak to me in a way that I've never heard anybody speak before. And he'd ask me, he goes, can, can I pray with you? And, and again, you have to understand, here's a guy just graduated from college with a business degree. On my way in the family business, I was a human resource manager to set out in a career in business. And then all of a sudden, this guy shows up and starts telling me about my future. Now, as I've obviously matured in the Lord and understand what the scripture says, we call those guys who speak that way would be prophets or those who function in the prophetic gifting. Now, I was not, I was not familiar with that until he started. He goes, can I pray with you? And he starts praying a prophetic prayer over me. And he starts telling some things of my past, not bad things, but I could tell he was reading my mail. He didn't know me, but yet he was telling things about me. And then all of a sudden, he starts telling me about my future. Interestingly enough, I haven't opened this up for a long time, but I wrote down what he shared with me 20 some odd years ago. It's amazing that so much time has passed. I'm going to read for you a little excerpt of of what he shared with me. 
And I want you to understand, so not only did I graduate from business, I had zero interest in ministry whatsoever. That was the furthest thing from my mind. Well, obviously, God had a plan. Here I am today. Also, at the time, I'm 22. I, I haven't done a lot of world travel at 22, but later in my life, I started a nonprofit called Global Benefit that we did clean water projects in Africa, and we had an HIV-AIDS research project that took me to Africa very often. And so looking back now of what was saying prophetically, not only is it amazing how God is so true and accurate, but also, at that moment in time, it gave me such hope that God had a plan for me. And I want to let you know, each one that's here today, God has a plan for you. That's a good plan. Let me share with you what was written. It says, I, because it's God speaking through a person. Uh, the prophetic voice is it's like an oracle, a person who receives a message from God and then speaks that message to another person. So the eye is really God speaking, but it's the mouthpiece of another person. This is what it says. I have travel in you, son. I want you to go. I want you to experience. I want you to go to these places because you have adventure in your spirit. And I'm releasing this adventure in your spirit. I want you to know my love is upon you, because in the days ahead you will travel, even in the ministry. At the time I heard I was 22, I was like, all right. Okay, God was right. All right. Even into ministry, and you will go into the highways and the byways. You are going to touch the young people with the Spirit of the Lord. And when you said, Lord, if even you can use me and I could stop any of this pain that has happened to me, if you could just have me to teach them and to love them and to give them something that I can go forth and take their pain away. You see, as a young man, I carried a lot of pain inside. Nobody knew it, but God did. Later on, I became a youth pastor, which I think is interesting too. I have heard the cry of your heart, and I'm going to teach you and to train you to Touch the young people. You're going to touch those who are in famine and those who are in the down in the rags, and you're going to have a Joseph ministry of restoring finances and touching the poor and those who are in lack, those in famine, those in the rags. Boy, all those years I spent in Africa. You see, I was a 22-year-old young man who is kind of feeling a little hopeless, a little discouraged. And God breaks forward in the midst of that and gives me a word about the future. See, a lot of times God comes into a place of where there's problems to speak a promise. And I just want to let you know, if you have problems right now, that there's a promise for you. If you're facing difficult times this morning, I want to let you know that this morning, God wants to break through and give you a promise. And I'll tell you what, the promise is, is good. Your future is good. This is the plan that God has for you. And, and in the midst of 
the time that before Jesus came to earth, there were problems. Now, 600 years before Jesus arrived, there was a prophet, a man who could speak, hear the voice of God and speak it to people. And he would give an oracle. Basically, it's an oral script of what he hears from God's God saying to people. So Ezekiel is one of these prophets in the Old Testament that begins to speak about the promise of what's yet to come. There are a lot of promises prophetically given about Jesus' arrival to earth. But I'm going to speak on just one of them because I think it goes to show not only is there a promise, but the nature of the promise. The nature of who Jesus is going to be. We need to know who Jesus is. And here we see in the midst of, remember, 600 years prior, Ezekiel, a prophet, speaks to the situation. He speaks to the people of Israel. And here's the situation. We have King Jehoiakim. It's a weird name, but he was now exiled into Babylon. Anybody who's been into in, in high school and you've taken Euro, you know exactly where I'm talking about. You've studied this stuff. So these, these, this king has been brought into exile into Babylon. The people are oppressed. The Babylonian Empire has, has a foothold in a hand in their dealing. They put a, 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 another king in there who really is just a puppet for the Babylonian Empire. The people are oppressed. They're discouraged. They're confused. Their leader's been taken away. And they're realizing how in the world do we even have a life worth living? How do we even have hope? And we've heard about this God, but the only way that we had access to God is, is to have sacrifice, to go into the temple where, the, where God's presence was there, and we would have to kill animals, but we'd have to buy them first. Now, if you're so poor and you couldn't afford them, well, maybe your just sins weren't taken care of. Shepherds couldn't have permission to go into the, into the temple courts. So could they experience God? No, the oppressed were always kept down. The, 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 the outcasts were kept away. And yet, this is the condition that many of us feel like we're in. We feel sometimes. We can put on a good front. We can put on a good face. But I know as a young man in high school, I felt a little bit like the outcast, even though I was, you know, popular, even though I was athletic, there's a loneliness that was inside of me. I felt distant. Yeah, I went to church, but I even felt distant from God. And here these people are in the midst of this oppression. In Ezekiel 34, it starts off by talking about the prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. There, there were people who were leading Israel that were taking advantage of the poor, who were oppressing the poor, the weak. And then all of a sudden, here we come on to this prophetic voice of another shepherd that's going to come and change everything. Verse 15 of chapter 34. It's in the eye... Again, because it's the Lord speaking, it's God speaking through a person. So when he says, I, this is God, 
I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. He begins to start saying about the promise of a different kind of shepherd that's going to come. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy. Let's pause there for a moment. Because in the midst of this problem, here now becomes a promise. That God himself wants to come to the ones that never felt like they could have access to who God was. He's going to be the good shepherd in John chapter 10, verse 11. In the gospel of John, Jesus himself declares, I am the good shepherd. See, the prophecy was fulfilled, but this was a prophetic utterance that Ezekiel had 600 years before Jesus was born. And why do we talk about this today? Because we don't have to wait 600 years to have the hope like they did. We can experience the hope today. If any one of you is feeling a little bit lost, if any one of you is feeling a little bit like you strayed away, if any one of you feels like you're not quite good enough, by the way, that's exactly who Jesus is after. Any of you feeling like you don't have peace inside, come to the good shepherd and he will make you lie down beside still waters. That's the 23rd Psalm that gets told to us again. Another reference to who our good shepherd will be. Well, why do we use this analogy of sheep and shepherds? Well, it was very common back then. We don't have sheep running around our hills. We used to. I live in Gilmington, and I saw pictures of Gilmington. There were no trees in Gilmington. Why? Because they were all fields filled with sheep. But he uses the analogy because he's realizing that people will understand what it means to have a shepherd care for his sheep. Not a herdsman that drives things along, but a shepherd who leads them to good places. This idea of making them lie down, lie down really is like, if you've ever seen, now I, I grew up on a hobby farm. We had sheep at one point in time, and when the dog would get out in the sheep pen, they would get all stirred up and they'd run around. But when they were at complete peace, they'd be laying down, chewing their cud, and just so calm, so enjoying life. Do you need a little bit of that calm today? Do you need a little bit of that peace today? Come to Jesus, our good shepherd, and he will allow you to lie down. He will give you the peace that you need. See, not only was there a promise in the middle of this problem, but, but it was foretold, prophetically foretold. And we were told the very nature of who Jesus was to be. A good shepherd who will seek the lost, who will bring back the strayed, 
He will bind up the injured. You see, we live in a fallen world. We live in a place where people will just kind of beat you up a little bit. Not physically, but maybe emotionally, maybe abuse, circumstances. You know what? You don't have to walk around all beat up, bruised, and broken. He wants to come to him so he can bind up our wounds. He can heal them. He can make you whole again. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. It's good news. Today, would we cling to the hope of this promise? Would we say, this Christmas, we're going to come back to Jesus? We're going to take this opportunity to to really focus in on who Jesus is and what he wants to be in our lives. Carrie Butler, Greg's wife, did an amazing job. She wrote a, an Advent devotional for us. We have copies at the um, Info Hub, and there, it's also online at gccnh.com, our website. And it will track along with us through this series, but it will give us points of action and points of reflection and points of scripture that's going to help us to stay focused this Christmas on the right things. But this morning, as Jake comes and plays something nice behind me to bring the point home, not really. You see, we don't need to wait 600 years to experience the promise like Ezekiel was giving the promise to those people back then. We can experience it here and now, and we can experience it today. If there are anybody here who would say that, you know, I know the Lord, but man, I just feel like I need a greater measure of hope today. There's something inside of me that just still feels a little empty, a little discouraged. Today, we're going to give you an opportunity to receive some hope. God just kind of spoke this to me first service, kind of in spontaneously in the moment. I didn't really plan on it. And I shouldn't just assume it's for this service either, but let me just check in with dad for a second. All right, we're good, we're good to do this. So um, just in case you thought that was a little weird, I was just trying to talk to God for a moment and just make sure that I'm... See, Jesus says, I only did what I saw the Father in heaven doing. And so we, only, we want to come in alignment with what God is doing, that he wants to minister to you today. So if you were to consider yourself a trusted person, and, and you know what I mean by that, you're going to know what I mean by it. But a trusted person who says, you know what? God has used me to speak prophetically things about people's future. 
Now, the prophecy is not, you're not going to say who you're going to marry and, and, you know, all this kind of very specific stuff. It's, it's going to be God usually gives words of encouragement about things of your future that will give you hope. If you would say that you, God has used you in the past to share words of encouragement prophetically, a prophetic voice is like what this friend of my brother's did in my living room. Prophetic voice is what God gave Ezekiel. But if that's you, would you just come forward right now? God's used you as a trusted leader, as a trusted person. Would you come forward right now? Some of you might feel a little disqualified right now. I'm not a leader, but as a trusted person that you hear the voice of God and you speak the truth to that, just come forward right now. Tim, you are a trusted man, but I need you on the soundboard, bro. (laughs) Unless Corey takes your place. All right, you're good. What I feel that that the Lord wants to do this morning is, is he wants to give some of you a word of encouragement and hope. And just so you know that you can feel confident in these, I'm confident with everybody who's standing up here. I know them all individually and personally. So they're trusted people. But if you feel like you walked in here today that you felt a sense of hopelessness about what your future is about, about your situation in life, I see one more lady right there that you need to come up and pray for somebody. You know who it is? Yes, Marilyn. Sorry to point you out, but um, if that's you, we're going to sing a song. People are going to be worshiping. But if you are saying that you need, you need a word of hope spoken over you. These people are going to ask to receive what God is saying for you. I will tell you this. It will be encouraging. It will be hopeful. They're not going to read garbage from your life. That's not, God never exposes stuff. That's not the way God works. But you're going to feel so much better leaving here today than when you came. So once you rise to your feet, we're going to start singing a song, worshiping the Lord. If you need that word of encouragement, would you come forward and one of these people will pray for you this morning? If you are here this morning and maybe you've already responded saying you need hope, and which by the way, there's a few of you that still need to respond. You're holding back for whatever reason. Um, I don't know what the reason is, but this is a God moment for you that you can come forward um, and just stay here. Uh, if there's nobody else available that is open to pray, just come forward and I don't want you to lose your God moment this morning. But there are other people here that would say that I've never known Jesus. I've never known God as a good father or Jesus as a good shepherd. 
If you want to know his goodness, but you've never known that before, would you just kind of slip up your hand because God has a gift for you today. Slip up your hand if you need to know him as a good father. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. I just want to pray this prayer for you guys. Father, I pray right now that you give that gift of understanding how much you love those people that raise their hand. That you're a good father. That you have great things in store for them. Father, they don't need to feel like they need to measure up. They just need to be. Be who you've created them to be. Then there's others at this time too that you've never really given your life to the Lord. You've come to church, but you've never said, you know what? I know Jesus, but I've never made him the Lord of my life, which is he's above everything, above your family. He's above your job. He's above just whatever you think he is. He's above all that, above your relationships. You're saying, you know, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand real quick? On the Lord of your life. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray this prayer. Father, each one of us needs this reminder that we need to make you above all things. The times that we begin to start wavering, get distracted, start straying are the times that we forget to make you the Lord above everything. Father, for those who raise their hands, I pray that they would come back to that place or come to that place for the first time of surrender, saying all that I am, all that I have belongs to you, Lord. I surrender. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me regardless of my straying. And there's one more group of people that God will have something for you this morning. And for you, it's a welcome home. How many people here today would say they, they feel like they've just kind of strayed away a little bit? They, they're, in a, they're in a straying place. Raise your hand. Thank you. Anybody else over on this side? Straying. Been straying a little bit. Thank you. God has a gift for you this morning. Father, I see in my mind right now a welcome home party. That those ones who have felt like they have strayed, they are not going to stray any longer. That, that you're calling to come home. And you're like, you're there with your arms open wide and say, come on, come back. We're going to throw a big party because you're home. And some of you heard those words, welcome home, and it's brought tears to your eyes and emotion to your spirit, and, and it's because you're feeling his embrace of welcoming you home. So, Father, I just thank you for the work that you've done here this morning. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your absolute love for us, that you, you came into a difficult situation 600 years before you were born, Jesus, and, and yet you brought a promise that brought hope, that brought freedom, that brought life, that brought encouragement. So Father, anybody here today that, that needs a, 
that breath of fresh air, Father, I pray you release it in Jesus' name that you would just pour into people that they would understand the promise is here and now. The hope is here and now. I thank you, Father, for everybody who decided to come to church today to be a part of this family, this family of God that worships you, that celebrates you, that is here for each other, but is also here for our community. We love you today, Jesus, and we love you tomorrow. We will love you for the rest of our days. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.